0: Hey, y'all. Oh, shoot. I don't have my headphones on. Okay. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Free to Exist podcast. It's your girl, Sarah Crave. I'm the host of this podcast. Thanks for joining me in today's conversation. I know I need like a jingle to put in the beginning of this pod, like at the beginning of the episodes, you know, when some people have someone like, you know, I need something like that. I know. I've thought about it from the very beginning. I just, I don't know if eventually... I want to like start learning about like producing and things like that soon but when i say soon i know it's not gonna be soon so in my head ideally i would create my own sort of jingle and i i don't know what i'm expecting i don't think that's gonna happen anytime soon but i had a friend reach out to me and she was like dude you should have our other friend who creates music create a jingle for you like commission her to do a jingle so i was like mm good idea i have not reached out to this friend so if she's listening to this and she knows who she is hey you might be getting a text from me (laughs) in a in a little bit asking you to create something for me hope you're fine with that (laughs) okay so i hope this sounds okay i'm the house is empty today so i'm free to talk as loudly as i want um as energetically as i want and i really hope i'm not like blowing out i'm watching i'm watching the um i don't know what they call it like the scale like the audio i'm watching to see if i'm like hitting like the yellow or red zone i'm definitely there i'm definitely there a lot in the red zone so if i'm a little if i'm a little loud sometimes i'm sorry you guys i'll try my best to just like i don't know i just want to be able to speak freely it's so nice having the house empty today i love having my sister around and my brother-in-law around and my brother-in-law is definitely listening to this right now hi dalen it's a little bit difficult when it comes to like filming and like especially podcasting because even though they're super cool and they're like don't care at all like Hannah never really cares when I have to podcast I'll do it while she's taking a break from her studies or whatever but just me in my just in my head and me being self-conscious I feel so much so aware of there being like an audience you know what I'm saying? So it, it's just nice um, to have the house empty. She's off taking a... A test right now. She's taking a practice test for the MCAT. So if you can take a moment, send your prayers, send your good positive vibes, wish her luck from a distance. She's she's doing awesome. So okay. Today's episode, as you see by the title, I'm gonna talk about a really, really special experience that I recently had, and it was of me getting my first tattoo. But as always, we're gonna jump into some updates, we're gonna do the book club. Y'all know. I know some of y'all are really here for the book club. I have had a lot of people reach out to me about the four agreements saying they wanna read it now, which is just like so cool to me. I'm like, wow, I recommended a book and you like wanna read it? So special, thanks. Thanks you guys for like trusting my recommendation and also being interested in like hearing what I have to say about this specific book. I mean, honestly, it's not like, it's not like I'm sharing anything different than what's in the book. I'm just pretty much repeating what, I'm just sharing what has stood out to me from this book, The Four Agreements. And I actually recently finished it. So for today's book club segment, um, are we calling this book club? Should we call it book club? Or should we like call it something else? I don't know. If you have any ideas, let me know. But I think for now, it'll just be like the basic book club. So I'm going to run you through what the four agreements are. Okay, I think I got the order right from memory. So the first one is to be impeccable to your word. Uh, From what I understand about that, that means you have to be... It's sort of like manifestation, you know? Like what you put out is what you receive. And your word has power. So you want to make sure that you're very intentional about the things that you say, the way you speak to yourself, the way you speak to others. Because that will... The evidence or the result of your word um, will, will appear in your life. Okay, the second agreement is to, I believe this is second, I might have mixed up the second and third, but it's to not take anything personally. Holy crap, when I read about this agreement, I was like, damn, that's me. I take everything personally. Like, I think back to relationships, companionships I had on my mission. There's like one companion in particular I'm thinking of where sometimes we would get into little arguments. And I realized that Jeez, if I had just like known how to not take things personally. If I just, when when she would say a certain thing that had honestly nothing to do with me. Somehow I would just convince myself that, oh my gosh, she hates me. She's, this is all for me because she's upset with me. What did I do wrong? Blah, blah, blah. And I would just get so in my head and it would just cause our relationship to deteriorate. And so, anyway, I realized that a lot of the pain that I felt in my life... Has come because I have taken things personally. That's not to say, that's not to invalidate when people have actually hurt me in my life. But if I were successful in not taking things personally, when that person hurt me, would it hurt so much? No, it wouldn't, because I'd be like, okay. All right, sounds good. You're gonna be that way and I'm gonna be this way and whatever, doesn't hurt me. I know you're trying to hurt me, but sorry, it doesn't bother me because I don't take things personally, you know? Like whew, man, I think that'd be a really good, well, agreement to make. It is an incredible agreement to make. And I'm working on it now. Ever since I read about it, I was like, Frank, bro, I didn't realize that was, I really struggle with that. And also, how much more fearless would we be in life if we didn't take anything personally? You know, like for me, my dreams have always involved, uh, just my dreams have always been like of an artistic nature. And so... Even like something like this, like the podcast, like what if I get a bad review? Um, that may hurt, but it's my responsibility to say, okay, to not take it personally, take it as, as constructive criticism or whatever I need to, um, and then just move on from it. Or not that I've gotten any bad reviews yet. Thank you, friends, for not giving me bad reviews yet. But or we could like jump into a lot of people don't do the things that they want to do in life, include myself, absolutely included. Um, because of the fear of feedback, the fear of what people might say, of rejection, you know? Like, I've wanted to be an actor in the past. If you've listened to my last podcast episode, the 25 questions in 25 minutes, you know that my dreams have always been, like, acting, music, and creating through YouTube, and, like, content creating, and things like that. And that requires, to be successful, a lot of approval from people in the world and so because of that i've held myself back from certain um certain hobbies or certain activities i wanted to do like i've been always pretty good about just jumping into content creation when i've wanted to but i have not been very good at music and acting like getting into it professionally or even just as like for me like i always sing. I'm a singer, but I wouldn't really share any of my stuff online. And even like starting guitar, it took me forever to really... I've started playing guitar, I would say at least like five different times in my life. I think I started like when I was like 13 or so, I started asking my brother and my my dad to like teach me. Or 13, maybe younger, maybe a little bit older, I'm not sure. That was like the first time that I was like, oh, I want to learn guitar. And then... Quit almost immediately. Started up again a few years later. Quit almost immediately. And then it was just like this endless process up until I came home from my mission. And I actually bought my own guitar. And now I play it all the time. And I'm still not super good. But it was like every time things got hard. Because the guitar is not an easy instrument. So every time things would get hard. Or I couldn't get a chord. Or I wasn't able to do that freaking stupid thing where you like hold your finger down. And you like bar is that what they call it? You like bar down like several... I don't... I mean, okay, my vocabulary sucks. Okay, I'm a beginner. But there are certain things essentially that I sucked at. And I took that failure so personally. Okay? So I would just stop. I would just quit. Because to me, it felt so personal when I would struggle with something. And I've had to learn to be to, to be tougher and just again not take it personally. Be like, dude, Sarah. Of course you're gonna suck at this. You're a beginner. Like, keep trying. <laughs> just keep trying. It's that simple. So, what's really interesting is that the Four Agreements even says that when you when you make new agreements, you often, pretty much always, I think, have to first break agreements. So let me find this quote actually that he put down um, that kind of describes like what it's like when you have to build new agreements in your life so the author miguel ruiz i believe his name is he says breaking agreements is very difficult because we put the power of the word which is the power of our will so this is like being impeccable to your word right so once again breaking agreements is very difficult Because we put the power of the word, which is the power of our will, into every agreement we have made. So, I have put power into every single time I've taken things personally. We need the same amount of energy. Oh, sorry. We need the same amount of power to change an agreement. So, it's going to take some time for me to learn to not take things personally. The third agreement is don't make assumptions. Another thing that I feel goes super hand in hand with the agreement I just wrote off to you. Don't take things personally. And in order to not do that, I feel like you have to make not make assumptions about what people are thinking. Um, at least that's the pattern in my life when I, I hear or witness a certain behavior, and I assume that it's directed towards me, or I assume that it's a hit against me for whatever reason, and then my mind goes wild, and before you know it, I'm taking it all personally. I'm making it all about me, and so if we can learn to not make assumptions about people and about situations, I think that would also reduce a lot of my anxiety, because I'll, like, also sometimes, like, making assumptions causes me to get into these, like, spirals of anxiety because things will happen in life and I start making all these assumptions about like oh my gosh this is this means that this is going to happen and then this is going to happen and then I'm going to fail in this way and then blah 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 and I'm making all these assumptions about the future that I have no right assuming about. The fourth agreement is try your best always. I don't know what I thought these four agreements were going to be when I opened this book. I don't know if I thought it was going to be like Agreement number one, meditate for 25 minutes a day and sip three glasses of tea and do three cartwheels and then you'll be magically cured of whatever. I don't know what I thought it was going to be, but when it came out to be these four, I was like, crap, dang, like those are so seemingly like simple principles to adopting your life and they're so powerful. And this last one of try your best always... I almost, like, scoffed at it when I read it for the first time. I was like, well, duh. But then I thought, actually, I am constantly so hard on myself for literally everything. And the whole principle or the whole um, chapter where he talks about this agreement, he says... You just need to know that you're trying your best always and understand that that's going to change every single day. You need to learn to be merciful with yourself. And at the end of the day, if you can say, you know, I didn't get everything done that I wanted to get done. But I tried my best, but I did my best. He says, you never have to feel guilty about anything. You never have to punish yourself for anything. And you eliminate so much. Actually, he says you eliminate all. self hatred, and self-directed negativity because you know at all times that you are trying your best and you can never do better than your best. So there is no expectation to meet other than what you did that day. I don't know. So hopefully, whoever you are out there listening right now, hopefully this hit you. As simple as the principles may seem, like even I've, I've feel like it didn't come as, I wasn't, I didn't know what the four agreements were going to be. But when I read them and learned about them in the book, it wasn't surprising that these are the four agreements, you know, and it like hit me hard when I read about each one. So I hope that, I hope it's hitting you hard too, okay, Um, and that we learn how to develop these four agreements together in our lives. To fortify our spirits, our control over our lives and our minds and regain our personal power reclaim it I like that word reclaim oh you know what actually I wanted to read you guys a couple of good quotes from like the very end of the four agreements um some of my favorite quotes let me see if I can find some okay so, because I don't want to just, like, rattle into what each agreement is. I can do a whole podcast episode on each agreement. Um, I feel like I'd have to read the book again, though. Because there's so... I feel like every sentence was highlight-worthy in this freaking book. And so, it was almost, like, too much to take in. So, I'd probably have to read it through again. Uh, if you guys wanted me to do, like, a segment in the future. Diving into that the four agreements are a little bit deeper. But for now... So you can just go read the book yourself. I'll just read a couple of quotes that I loved from, I believe, the, it might have been the last chapter. And this chapter is titled Breaking Old Agreements. And the author says, true freedom has to do with the human spirit. It is the freedom to be who we really are. And as someone right now in my life where I'm like seeking out freedom I'm soul searching. I'm trying to figure out what makes me feel good and happy on my own terms. You know that's a tricky sentence I just said on my own terms because I'm also I'm a follower of Christ. and we're we're taught that it's not always all just about our own terms. It's also about Christ's terms. And he promises us more happiness than what we can give ourselves um, if we abide by his terms. So I'm going to correct what I just said because I do have to keep in mind, I mean, my my belief in Christ, you guys, um, shapes a lot of who I am and the way I go about this journey. So sometimes I catch myself thinking or saying things where I have to be like, okay, actually, I may be wrong. Let me backtrack and then think about, you know, what the Savior's perspective will be on that before. Anyway, so that was a little tangent. There I go again, getting distracted. But that's why, you know what? That's why I have a podcast because I can say whatever the frick I want. So then the next um, quote that I really liked says, you don't need to blame your parents for teaching you to be like them. Okay, I'm gonna read that again. You don't need to blame your parents for teaching you to be like them. What else could they teach you? but what they know. They did the best they could, and if they abused you, it was due to their own domestication, their own fears, their own beliefs. They had no control over the programming they received, so they couldn't have behaved any differently. I think a lot of times when we go through hard things, when I go through hard things, uh, especially with recent events, it's been easy for me to look back and be like man if I were raised differently or if you know whatever but I always catch myself when I start feeling that way and I try to stop myself in my tracks because I love my parents they are so not perfect they have never claimed to be and if anything Fetch, bro. My fam, my siblings and I have put my parents through the ringer when it comes to like breaking agreements, okay? My siblings and I have all um, broken some strong agreements that we were raised with. And agreements that my parents are probably were like, don't break those, don't break those ones. <laughs> like, you can break them, like these other ones, but not these ones. And I and i'm sure it hasn't been like super easy for them and a part of that has to do with today's topic what i'm what i'm referring to but my parents have been have done their best in trying to be understanding and open and hear our perspectives and just love us no matter what so when it comes to any anything that i struggle with in my life uh, like things that i have to break agreements i have to break or some of my mental health issues that come from, like, childhood traumas. We all have childhood traumas, okay? Sometimes I catch myself wanting to, like, blame my parents for things, but that's not fair because they did the best they could. They did the best they could, always. And they're human as well. And they were raised with their, like, like, this quote says, they were raised with their own domestication that caused them to behave the way that they do or believe the things that they have believed or continue to believe – and it's just like, it's just, at the end of the day, it's just up to us to figure out who we are. Our parents are not very different from us. And I think I think it's better, more productive. And I can only speak for, I know, I, I speak very generally at times. And I don't mean to, like, say that this is universally true, but... In my experience and from what I understand in this book, he's just saying like it's just better to not place blame and instead just break agreements and move forward and building new agreements. It's more productive and it's healthier for you. Okay. Also, love you mom and dad so much. Wouldn't want any other two parents. There's a quote by Kris Jenner. (laughs) There's a quote by Kris Jenner that I told my mom the other day. Kris Jenner in like season, I don't know what season. I'm like watching the Kardashians from the beginning. I don't watch them like consistently. I just kind of like whenever I just need some like trash TV that I don't have to think about or whatever, I'll like purchase a season on YouTube and just like watch that in my free time. So I think the last season I finished was, I don't know, like season 10 or whatever, the Kardashians. I'm not sure. Keeping up with the Kardashians. And Kris Jenner one time says, Bruce and I have been the best parents that we have known how to be. And that has always stuck with me because I'm like, yeah, that's true. Like, I told my mom that. I told my mom that quote. I was like, Mom, I know that you've just been the best parent that you've known how to be. And like, I'm grateful for that. He continues to say, The freedom we are looking for is the freedom to be ourselves, to express ourselves. But if we look at our lives, we will see that most of the time we do things just to please others. Just to be accepted by others rather than living our lives to please ourselves. An interesting quote here says, Our agreements are actually like a strong addiction. We are addicted to being the way we are. We are addicted to anger, jealousy, and self-pity. We are addicted to the beliefs that tell us I'm not good enough, I'm not intelligent enough, why even try? Other people will do it because they're better than me. When you are the way you are and you're trying to change that, it's like digging your foot out of a rock of cement. You know, like it feels like you're having to to completely uproot yourself. And change is not easy. And that's why so many people react so poorly to feedback. Or like that's why I think a lot of times when you have like, I don't know, a relationship or a friendship where you are telling this person like, hey, it really hurts me when you do this, or really bothers me when you do this. And when they just take it so poorly and they're like, what? And they just completely flip it on you. And it turns into, from, it goes from a productive conversation to a destructive conversation. It's because you're asking that person to change. And that's so hard. And there comes a point where we have to be a little bit understanding of that. I'm saying like, you know, I understand that this person reacted this way because they just are not ready to change. And then you take that for what you will. You either decide that you're willing to stick with them despite them not being willing to change. Or you're like... I just really don't think this is like the time for our relationship to survive. So you move away and you do your own thing. And you take that for what you will, you do without what you will. But I think that that's like, that's a really important quote right there. Just saying that people, we, me, myself, I am addicted to the way I am. And it's really hard for me to change. And so that's why when it comes to a time of life where I'm like, I have to put a whole label on it. I have to put a whole label of this is my time of soul searching. This is my time where I have to openly convince myself that change is okay. Otherwise, it wouldn't just happen as naturally if I didn't give it like a whole segment of my life. (laughs) You know what I mean? Okay, I think that's enough of the four agreements. It's been a lot. This podcast has been about the four agreements and I'm ready to move on. Are you ready to move on? Okay, good. Let's go. There is this little free library in downtown where I live. I feel like, I feel like I shouldn't say where I live because we just watched this episode of One Tree Hill where Peyton, it's like, it was like season four or whatever. Peyton, she has a podcast and there was this dude who started like stalking her and knew where she lived because like... She was open about it on the podcast, and he ended up, like, pretending to be, like, her long-lost brother. It was just this whole thing. It was this whole thing, but he was psycho, okay? So, I literally was thinking to myself, I'm like, mm, not me literally sharing where I live and where I am all the time on social media, which definitely can be so dangerous. So, but at this point, it's already been, like, posted on Instagram. Like, if you, like, don't know where I live, you can, like, see it on Instagram. Maybe I'm giving it too much attention right now. Who knows? But anyway, downtown, in the town where I live... There's this little free library. It kind of looks like a a little mailbox, but it looks like a house. I'm not sure if you've seen them before, but people can go open the little tiny door, leave a book if they want, but they can also take a book and it's super cute. And this one downtown is like painted and it's just adorable. So sometimes when I go for like these nightly strolls I like to go downtown after everything's closed and everything's empty and I'll go and check out to see what new books people have put there and the last time I went it was a good lot of books you guys it was a loot is that what they say like pirates so they're like the loot the booty the the treasure, uh, anyways it was there was a lot of good stuff there and one of the first books I saw was the Hunger Games I read the Hunger Games I think this was probably my fourth time reading the Hunger Games, dang I just love that story it's just so good and I read the Hunger Games the first time when I was a young 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 kid as most of you probably did, but as I get older it's crazy to me how interesting the story is but in So many, in like completely different ways, you know? And anyway, I I read that book and I ate it up in like a couple of days. I think I read it in like two or three days. It was so good. And then afterwards I watched the movie because it had been so long since I'd seen the movie. Dang, just all so good. So the book I am reading now, But now that I finished The Hunger Games, I also picked up Dear John. I wasn't sure if I wanted to read that one because Dear John, I saw the movie, the one with Amanda Seyfried and... Channing Tatum super cute liked it a lot did not love it though especially the ending of the movie Savannah the the female character she was really aggravating to me I just thought like homeboy really got gypped you know so anyway I decided to read the book and I'm glad I picked it up because it's 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 really good I'm liking the book a lot so far I'm only like a few chapters in but so far I really like it I like Nicholas Sparks's uh writing a lot it's very beautiful And I like as well that the book is written from the male perspective, because typically I read books from the female perspective, so it's interesting to get, like, the opposite. A book I want to read in the future, it's called, there are a couple books that were recommended to me. I'm going to listen to the audiobook better than the movies, I think that's what it's called, A Friend of Mine. If you're listening to this, you know who you are. She recommended it to me because she and I were like going off on Instagram together, like in our DMs, sending voice recordings all about the summer I turned pretty. It just, I just needed someone to like obsess over the series and this book with. And so she was that girl for me. And then she told me to, she recommended this book to me better than the movie. She said it's super cute and it's a lot like to all the boys I loved before kind of vibes. So I'm going to listen to the audiobook soon. And then another book that someone recommended to me. Oh, Fetch, what was it? Dang, I can't remember what the other book was. Someone recommended something to me, but I can't remember. But I'll have to go back in my DMs. I have it written down somewhere. And then a book that I saw, this influencer that I like, J.C. Marie Smith, she recommended this book on TikTok, I believe. It's called You Can Heal Your Own Life, I think. So I want to read that as well because that seems more like self-help. And I like... Those types of books to draw me back into reality and help me kind of fortify my own life, my own reality. Because, oh my goodness, I will completely get lost in a fictional reality and just sit there for as long as I possibly can. I will die there if I can, (laughs) but I need to like figure out, I need to keep myself in my own reality and what's real and continue developing skills to build the life that I want for myself so, it's just kind of funny. I thought I was the only person, but then my friend Katie told me that she's the same way. So, I was like, "Oh, fetch. Yes. I think it's cuz I'm type 4. I just feel everything so deeply, and so when I get into like stories and books and shows and movies, I just like dive in and I feel like I'm a part of that world. It's really bizarre, but I definitely don't believe I'm alone in that. Okay, some life updates. Lately I've been a little bit of anxious. I've been super anxious the past couple of days. So we'll talk about that a little bit more in in a future episode. A couple of weeks ago, I went on a concert date. The concert ended up getting canceled, though, halfway through. We went and saw Five Seconds of Summer. And it was super, super hot in Houston that day. And then the guys, the band had just performed in, I believe, like, Dallas, literally the day before. So they had no break in between dealing with the heat. And the drummer, Ashton, he was looking not good when he was up there you guys like he he was going so hard I I even turned to my date at one point and I was like dude Ashton like he looks like he's doing like full on p90x or something like he was doing a full workout up there and I was kind of concerned and so eventually when they said like the band was going to take a small break we were like okay like makes sense because it's really hot, so they probably just need to go get some water, but then they didn't return for, like, 15 minutes, or 20 minutes, or so, and then eventually, this guy walks up stage with a sheet in his hand, and he's reading off of it, and he says, the band will not be able to continue the show tonight, please exit calmly, we will reach out to you with more information, so the whole concert ended up getting refunded, everyone got their tickets back, um, all the money for their tickets back, which was nice of them, I feel bad, like, because they did do their best, and they did perform, like, Uh, Almost half the show, but yeah, it really was like less than half the show we got out of it. It, I think what happened was Ashton got a heat stroke, got heat stroked. How do you even say that? Had a heat stroke, got heat stroked. I feel stupid that I don't know how to say that, but you get the gist. He got heat, he got... (laughs) He was heat exhausted. There we go. He was heat exhausted and had to go to the hospital, which was crazy. Super nuts. So... But going to that concert, you guys, just made me want to go to so many more concerts. I miss concerts so much. I thought this summer was going to be full of live music and concerts. I don't know why I thought so. I just figured like, oh, Texas, there's like tons of, I don't know, music everywhere. But have not, have not gone to any concerts or anything, which kind of sucks. We're going to talk about my new tattoo. I have been considering getting tattoo getting tattoos for... A long time. I I can't pin, like, an age or a day of when I was like, dude, I want tattoos. I I know that when I was probably, like, a freshman in high school, I was thinking to myself, oh, I'll probably never get tattoos. I think, though, it was, like, later in high school when I started to think, like, actually, this is something I might want to do. I might want to get a tattoo. Like, I remember, like, it transitioned from me never wanting to get a tattoo because it was like, no, that's wrong and... I don't want to get tattoos because I've been raised to believe it's wrong, you know, to feeling like, okay, it's actually not, it's not a bad thing, like, who cares, like, tattoos aren't, aren't that bad, but I probably still will never get one just for my own personal choices, and then it transitioned to, actually, like, tattoos are super cool, but I still probably will never get one because I could never imagine wanting something enough to get it put on my body for forever, and so that's kind of where i was for a while until until again i don't know when i don't know like what the day was but eventually i got to the point where i said that i really really actually want a tattoo like i want one someday and it's funny it's probably interesting for the people who grew up with me in high school to hear about this i actually i actually messaged one of my one of my greatest friends from high school the other day when i got my tattoo and sent her this message of being like, dude, like, so many things are changing. Like, look, I just got a tattoo. Because I knew that she would understand how significant that is for me to have gotten a tattoo. Even though she never held my same, my same beliefs. Or, um, yeah, she just never held my, my same beliefs. She was always super cool at trying to understand my perspective and hear from my point of view growing up very Christian and things like that about what my opinion was on tattoos and and why I probably would never get any so so to be at this point where I I send her a message and say actually like I got one it was a cool moment for me because I knew that she would understand of being like dang dude that's a big deal you know because for most people they'd be like oh okay cool no big deal but for me it's like huge event it's it's the marker of something extremely significant in my life and (laughs) yeah I just had to go through my own journey you know I had to go through my own journey of getting to this point of being like actually it's not a big deal because I was so trained as a kid to believe that I was defiling my body by getting a tattoo and that's just not what I believe anymore and it makes me feel a little bit bad, honestly, for like any judgment I probably passed as a kid or I don't know. Yeah, I just feel like I probably without meaning to be was judgmental at times or even just like sharing my beliefs with people because they, I, I would never try to force my beliefs on anyone. Like being a missionary was so uncomfortable for me so much because I grew up always honestly kind of hiding my beliefs a little bit because I was so worried of people passing judgment on me because I was the one I was the odd one out growing up as a as a Christian as as LDS as Mormon commonly known to then going on a mission where I was constantly seeking out people and saying hey like here what we have to believe I want to share with you what we believe and all these things and it was just such an uncomfortable transition but anyway Eventually, I decided that I wanted to get a tattoo, and I held that desire for years, okay? This wasn't, like, a spur-of-the-moment decision, like, oh, I'm gonna mark my body forever. I had wanted to get a tattoo for several years, like, before my mission, I wanted to get a tattoo. And while I was on my mission, I would even tell my companions, I was like, look, don't hold any expectations for me, okay? Like, when I get home from my mission, and you see that I'm, like, dressing a certain way, or I have tattoos, like... Don't be surprised, like, don't hold any expectation on me. Um, Because I think that's what happens a lot when people, like, you serve a mission and they expect you to come out of your mission a certain way. And to be a certain type of person. And always I want to be as authentic to myself as humanly possible. And that was something I struggled with. That was part of the reason why I struggled on my mission so much. is Because I felt like my mission was constantly trying to get me to be something that I just was not. My siblings all have tattoos as well. All five of us do. My brother was the first one to get a tattoo, I believe. And I remember overhearing the conversation that he had with my parents about his tattoo. uh, The first one he had gotten. And he like told them that this was something that like I prayed about. This was something that I decided between me and God. And I just feel like Heavenly Father understands. Or something along those lines. I don't remember what his exact words were. But those words stuck with me since that moment. And I think, I honestly think that was the moment that I thought to myself, like, dang, like, maybe I'll want one someday. And, like, I think it's okay to want one. Because it went from being a thing in my mind that was, like, a betrayal to God, breaking of of a commandment or of a policy... Formulate, or, or it's it's really not it's not a commandment nor is it like a, a policy it's like a kind of like a cultural expectation slash standard in the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and I think among a lot of Christian communities and it went from being that to being something that I can share with God and discuss between me and Heavenly Father And I thank my brother for that. Like, I am really grateful for that moment. My brother didn't know that I was listening to that conversation, but it's stuck with me ever since then. So that was, I think, when it really started to become something personal for me. And I started to not feel so bad about it potentially being something I wanted. My sister came home from her mission and she and I were like sitting at a Wendy's (laughs) and we were eating and we were talking about tattoos and she was like, hey, can I tell you something? And I had no idea what it was. And I was kind of like considering tattoos for myself, like in my own mind, had not discussed it with anyone. And then I'm not sure. I don't know if she had her tattoo already at that point. I think she did. Yeah, I think she already did. And she was just like wearing a watch over it because it's on her wrist. Or if she just told me that she wanted to get one, I don't remember. We had a really good conversation where she said that her tattoo and the significance behind it helped her feel closer to God. She, I won't explain her tattoo, but essentially it's like, it's just, it's, it represents something about her relationship with God. And it was something too, that she had prayed about and felt really good about. And again, I was just like dumbstruck. I was so bewildered that one, I had no idea that my sister, a return missionary, like a fresh return missionary had felt this way about tattoos. I thought I was the only one. And I was just kind of like in my own head about it like i feel like the communication between my siblings and i throughout our lives has sucked and we're finally getting better at it because we're realizing now but like we've actually gone through very similar journeys all of us but none of us had the relationships when we were younger where we would really talk each other through it and walk each other through it and go through it together but now we do thank goodness so i had no idea that like my sister felt this way about about tattoos And when she did and she explained it that way, I was like, damn, like, this is not what I was raised to believe it is. And this can be something so special. It can actually be the opposite of what I was raised to believe. I always believed that, like, you know, marking yourself with tattoos or whatever was like separating yourself from God. But now I realize I'm like, no, it actually can be something symbolic that brings you closer to God. So anyway, I'm ranting a lot about that. Now let's jump into my tattoo. So how this is how I finally decided to get, a, to get my first one. Was of course like on my mission, I knew that when I got home, I would eventually get one. And then this summer, I just felt a really, really strong desire. I, th- I think it has a lot to do with this era of soul searching and discovering who I am. I started to realize that I have not felt Like I've truly belonged to myself in so long. I feel like everything that I'm unpacking, the agreements that I'm breaking in my life, just, oh gosh, it's just been a exciting yet sometimes torturous experience. Breaking down my beliefs and pulling from the rubble what is true and what is authentic to me. And what I want to keep in my life. It is not It has not been easy. And I've realized how much of myself, and I'm still realizing, so much of the way that I am and what I believe isn't even really mine. Or at least it hasn't felt like it's been mine. It's felt like it's come from someone else. Someone has told me that I have to believe these things. Or that this is the way that things are. And someone has told me to behave this way. Don't do this. Yes, do that. When I even left my mission, I remember having a conversation with someone very, very important who essentially was trying to convince me not to go home from my mission. And this person basically told me, like, you're going to regret it 10 years from now. You're going to be inactive and you're going to think that you know better than the prophet and all these things. And, like, it was a very hurtful conversation and I was just so pissed off because I was like, why is everyone in their, in my life trying to tell me the way to be and how to be it? why does everyone in their life think that they have some sort of ownership over me or like honestly their opinions have to matter matter that much to me because sometimes like gosh I've had people speak to me in a way as well that's like Sarah, don't you care that people are gonna think this or like do you don't you know what this says about you when it comes to like certain th- decisions or actions that I take in my life Some of this also does not come from a malicious place a lot of a lot of beliefs or I want to keep saying like things in Spanish, like a lot of like um, agreements that I've made in my life have not all come from a bad place, okay? I am very understanding of that. I think that sometimes a part of this soul-searching journey, it's easy to just get kind of angry and frustrated, and I think that's where that sort of explosion just kind of came from. But I also have to, you know, backtrack and correct myself and remember that a lot of people in my life love me so much that they've tried to give me the best that they knew how to give, that they knew what, of what to give. And even those things though, as much as they love me or as much as it was given to me out of love, as much as they tried to train me to be a certain way because they want me to reach success, it has often hurt me. And sometimes I just don't agree with what I've been given. I don't know if everything that I just spilled out even makes any sense. Because of course, I'm obviously trying to omit details. Because if I go into details, one, will be here for literally ever. Or two, I also am trying to protect the people that I'm, you know, the things I'm referring to. This isn't me here trying to call everyone in my life out. That's not it at all. I felt this strong desire to get a tattoo because it felt like an opportunity. Or honestly, like the... The opportunity that I was seeking for to reclaim ownership of myself. Here's what I decided to get. Okay. On my wrist, it says the word mine, M I N E. I had a few ideas of what I wanted to get for my first tattoo. I kept thinking to myself, what just speaks to me? What tells me that this is my opportunity? This is my life, my beliefs my creations, my opinions, this is my experience, and it it doesn't belong to anyone else, that was my big thing, was like, I feel like I've experienced a lot of people take it so personally, when I want to believe something, or when I change, when I act in a certain way that's different from what they have taught me, kind of just wanted a message to send to myself, that was like, Sarah, don't forget it's yours, it's not theirs. Your life is yours, not theirs. Nothing that you do or say belongs to them. Nothing that you create belongs to them. And the moment that I pretty much decided it, I also booked that appointment for later that day. So like you, like I said, if you've seen my last, um, if you've seen my one of my latest YouTube videos, the one where I'm really stressed out and like where I'm shopping for a new MacBook Pro, in it I say that sometimes I can be very impulsive It's not that I make reckless decisions. It's like once I know that I want something, I want the results of that decision right now. I want it immediately. And so I'll just like jump in. So as soon as I knew that I wanted mine and I figured out where I wanted it, I was like, all right, I'm booking the appointment. And so I got it later that day. These words, these letters, mine, I originally wanted it on my hand because I want it to be like when I, as I create things in my life, as I use my hands, build my future build myself with my own two hands i wanted it to say mine you know like everything i create is it belongs to me but my sister and my brother-in-law told me they're like oh the hand's not really a good idea because future employment opportunities and especially because i'm a female there are small biases that could prevent me from from career opportunities in the future so it would be better to get in a place where i could hide it if i needed So I got it on my wrist instead and I'm obsessed with where it is. I love it. I think it's so beautiful. It's so simple. It speaks so many messages to me. And honestly, every time I have like a moment of panic of figuring out who I am and trying to navigate through this journey of of understanding myself and kind of getting to know myself for real, for real, for like the first time, I just look at this tattoo and it reminds me like, don't forget, like you belong to you and it's my statement of independence (laughs) that that line comes from my sister my sister megan she told me she was like it's like your statement of independence she used the words like how when i was younger i used to always like want to be more than just somebody's little sister because i'm the youngest of five and it's just kind of funny because ever since i've been a kid i've always been kind of looking for this sort of independence from kind of that I guess just somebody's little sister at the time of my life it was that you know because I think it's just youngest child problems <laughs> now I told her I was like well I'm very very happy now to be someone's younger sister but it's like evolved to be more like I'm not just somebody's daughter somebody's younger sister somebody's I don't know somebody's idea of what I'm supposed to be but I am I am whatever version of myself that I choose to be And I choose to be the most authentic version of myself as I come to learn who that is. So, that was a lot. I hope you understood everything behind the message of this little four-letter word. I think, like, also, like, coming home from my mission really set me off for the time where I was like, dude, I want a tattoo, okay? Because... On my mission, like I said, I learned so much from my mission. And I don't want to discredit the experience that I had. (sighs) But I even now, thinking about like the way I appear online, the way that I dress, my tattoo, me saying swear words like whoop-de-doo. And I think about the people that I taught on my mission. And I think about the people that I met on my mission. And and I, I just kind of imagine that they're so disappointed in me. Because they had this version of... Hermana Crave, Sister Crave, and who I was as a representative of Jesus Christ. And it's been hard to face that. It's been hard for me to have those thoughts come to mind and not feel guilty and not feel confused about like, do I want to be sending them this message that, I don't know, do I want them to be seeing me this way? You know, because when you're a missionary, gosh, you are like, you try to resemble the Savior as much as you possibly can. And He is our best example, okay? You're a representative of Him. And so, of course, you're not going to use foul language. You're not going to, I don't know, you're not going to do a lot of things. (laughs) You're just going to try to be as pure as possible and... That's not a bad thing and it's not a bad way to be, okay? It's not a bad way to be. It's a great way to be. But it wasn't authentic to me. But it wasn't my time to be authentic to me. It was my time to represent the Savior. I kind of just like, that's what they tell you to do. They're like, put, like, forget yourself and go to work. Forget yourself and become like the Savior. Like, you're here to represent Him. You're not here to be you. And as beautiful and amazing that is, sometimes it was like a little toxic for me as well because I just found myself being like, dude, I am not who I want to be. Which sucks. That's very confusing because it's like, what do you mean you don't want to be like the savior? That's not what I'm saying. It's it's a whole thing. I love the savior and I want to embody who he is and so many of my characteristics and traits, but I also need to be Sarah Crave and I need to be imperfect. Like, thank goodness I am not the savior, honestly. Like, thank goodness I wasn't chosen in the pre mortal existence to be the savior of the world, and that it was Jesus Christ who was chosen, because I could not do it, but he could. I love him so much, and I'm so grateful that it was him, and it wasn't me. But like, because it was him, because the atonement is perfect, he knows, like, what I'm going through, and he knows what my decisions mean to me. And he understands like the way that I, I can't be him. That's his job. Okay. And I know that my heavenly father understands me. They understand what I'm going through more than I understand that I'm going, going through. They saw this coming and it's not like some fall from grace. Like I freaking hate feeling that way. I hate feeling like because I got a tattoo or because I swear or whatever, like that I've, made some huge fall from, from whoever I was on my mission. There's this song that just came out by Ellie Duke. I found her on Instagram and I just so happened, like, fall upon her profile. Um, and I reached out to her and like, told her how much her, her story means to me because she grew up a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints as well and eventually she left the religion and she wrote a song that actually just came out like by the time you hear this it came out a few days ago or whatever half a week ago and it's called deeper she talks about the journey of growing up in a religion not knowing who you are feeling so guilty about everything that you do that that is considered wrong or a sin or immoral or whatever to the point where she left the religion and is now like I can be who I am now. And I just want you to know who I really am. And I'm not saying I'm going to leave the church, you guys. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that it's just like... Getting to know yourself deeper is sometimes involves breaking agreements. <laughs> just to bring it back full circle. And I'm grateful. I'm so grateful for what I've learned. And I'm grateful for the agreements I'm breaking, and I'm grateful for whatever journey I'm on in my life. And maybe 10 years from now, my opinion will change again, and I'll have a deeper understanding of what I believe. And that'll be great for whoever I am 10 years from now. But this is great for who I am right now. That's that's kind of my standpoint on it. I don't know if anything that I talked about today was confusing or a little bit all over the place. (sighs) But it felt good. It felt so good to just, like, talk openly and freely. But I do want to say to whoever is out there listening, especially especially anyone who feels like they can personally relate to what I'm going through, my journey does not speak for yours, okay? I have to make that so clear. Because my journey has led me to break certain agreements in my life, does not mean that that is the path for you, okay? Because what I don't want is for someone out there who relates even a little bit to my experience to be like, oh, well, Sarah said it's okay to get tattoos, so I'm just going to go with her opinion, take it as truth, and then I'm going to go get myself tattoos too, Though I think it's really important to hear other people's perspectives and opinions and learn from their journeys, I never want other people's experiences to then dictate what I should do with mine. You know what I mean? Like, It was really important for me to hear my brother's experience when he got his first tattoo. It was really important for me to hear my sister's experience when she got her tattoo and how that pertained to their relationship with God because it opened a door for me. But I didn't just hear them and be like, oh, well, my big siblings say it's perfectly fine. So I'm just going to believe it's perfectly fine. I went in and I dived into that with my own heart and soul between me and God. So if you're going through a similar experience or time of your life where you are breaking agreements of any manner, religious, culturally, politically, whatever, whatever it is for you. It's so important to learn from, from those around you who have gone through similar experiences, but please don't just take my word for it. Take whatever you felt and gained from this conversation that you and I have had today and go search for that yourself to the point where you can come up to your own conclusion and know that that opinion, that conclusion that you have discovered 100% belongs to you. That is so important because I want for myself, for my decisions and the way that I live to be 100% chosen by me and not just like influenced because it was convenient to believe someone so I could get what I wanted. You know what I mean? Oh, gosh. All right, y'all. It is time to conclude this podcast episode. If you want to see more of like the process of me getting my tattoo, I uploaded a very brief TikTok um, about just like, you know, showing the whole thing happen and what it looks like and things like that. So you can follow me on TikTok at Sarah Crave. Go check out that TikTok, like it, and actually comment that you came from the pod. Like if you are on my TikTok because you came from the podcast, let me know. That would be so freaking sick, dude. That'd be so cool for me to see. Please rate this podcast. Give it a, give it a five-star review if you would. All my other social media handles are in the show notes. So you'll find my YouTube, Sarah Colleen, my Instagram, Sarah Crave, the podcast Instagram, Free To freetoexist.pod, and of course my TikTok, like I mentioned, at Sarah Crave. Oh, fetch, that's a lot. I think that's pretty much it. I am excited for the rest of this day because guess what? I have the house all to myself all day. So I'm gonna keep podcasting. I'm gonna jump into different conversations. So, all right. Adios, see you all in the next one. Bye.